All right, good morning, Hillside. How you doing? Welcome to worship this morning. My name is Randy Fishback, longtime member here, currently uh, CJM Comp Compassion, Justice, and Missions <coughs> Director. We just uh, love that you're all here th today. Those of you who are watching live stream online, we'd love to have you check in and uh, know that you're, that, see that you are with us here today too. Well, sort of here with us, but uh, so um, with that, uh, we welcome you, give you a warm welcome. We're here to praise God and back to Clay and company. Thank you, Randy. So, I've been doing some thinking. <laughs> Why are you laughing already? <laughs> and I, just thinking about the state of the world today and the direction that our society is going, and I don't know if you can relate to this, but I am finding on certain days that things are increasingly incomprehensible. Yes? And... Um, but, but really, it should be no surprise because I think what we're seeing in, in our culture today is the inevitable outcome of a worldview that we have chosen to adopt as a culture. And if you really believe that life is meaningless, that we have just been formed by these impersonal forces, and that the very thoughts in our heads are nothing but chemical reactions to external stimuli. And if that's our fundamental underlying worldview, it is no wonder that individual people are unraveling. And it's no wonder that our culture is unraveling. Because if there is no meaning, why should you do anything at all? Right? But see, we know different, don't we? We know that that worldview that our culture has largely adopted is false. It is not the truth. And that there is actually meaning in life, that there is a purpose. Um, you know, if, if I, I'm sure that there are some people in the room who you have gotten to that point, right, where you said, Life has no meaning. My life has no meaning. If you ever go to that place, if you have ever been to that place, it's very, very dark. It's very, very dark. But we Christians know better. We have the light. Isaiah 9. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, us, <laughs> a light has dawned. John 1, in the beginning was the word. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, I've come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. You see, the world is going dark, but we have been pulled out of the darkness. We as individuals have been pulled out. We don't have to stay in the darkness because we have the light. Paul in 2 Corinthians says, God has made his light shine in our hearts. And so we then because this is fundamentally true, we have a job to do, don't we? 
The world is filled with darkness, but we have the light within us, yes? And so Jesus says, and this is pretty remarkable in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says this, he says, you are the light of the world because we have that light within us. And nobody takes that light and puts it under a bushel, no, right? And he says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. This is our job. We are the light bearers. We are the light bringers. And then back to 2 Corinthians, and uh, Paul says this, and maybe this is a word for the day. We are hard-pressed on all sides, but not crushed. We are perplexed. Indeed, we are perplexed. But we are not in despair. We are persecuted, but we are not forsaken. We are struck down, but we are not destroyed. Amen? Amen. And so, with all this talk about light and stuff, and hiding things under bushels, etc., there's really only one song we could sing, don't you think? There's really only one. Maybe, and maybe, maybe it'll have more meaning than it used to have in Sunday school. I don't know, but maybe. So let's sing, shall we, this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Yes? Here we go. Every day, 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 every day,
sing it out. I'm gonna let it shine. Won't let sing it out. I'm gonna let it shine. Don't let sing it out. I'm gonna let it shine. Every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. Every way. Oh, I'm gonna let my light shine. This light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. This light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. Feel free if you need to sit down to sit down, or you could stand up, or I guess it doesn't really matter.
Amen. You can, yeah. Clay and I are always going back and forth on this. I, I, I want to say, Clay, I'm ready for some s'mores and a campfire. Let's, <laughs> let's do it. Um, hey, thanks, Ben. That was, you ready for s'mores? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, I'd like to uh, let you know a few things that are going on in the life of the church. First, a recap yeah, from the backpack drive. Yeah. We collected enough for 120 backpacks, so we're blessing the kids uh, in the monument um, area of Concord with these. We've already taken them out there. I have to give a shout out to the young lady on the left side of the picture. That's Christina Cox. She, yeah. She managed the drive this year, and I have to tell you, we get about 20% of the backpacks that are filled by people and ready to go, and 80% of them are through donations, and Christina goes out and shops for essentially what was almost 100 backpacks out of the 120, so uh, she did all that work. So, so thank you for participating in that, and uh, thank you, Christina. Next, we have um, the grief support starts today. That's at 4.30. If you have not signed up, maybe you should see Jane DeYoung or somebody involved in that. The Wilkins, Jane's right there waving. I've got Deb and Drew Wilkins who are going to be facilitating that. See them because you need a Zoom link and you need it before 4.30 today. So if you're going through some sort of uh, grief um, you know, situation in your life and would just like the support of others and to be able to talk about it and be blessed, um, then that, uh, that would be for you this afternoon. Next, we have kids camp starting tomorrow morning. All right. Uh, I understand Michelle has maybe a couple more tasks that remain, small tasks that she would like some help with. So if you're able to do that, uh, go see Michelle. But I would like everyone who is involved in kids camp this week, I'm going to include the kids. So kids, if you're involved and Adults, those of you are serving in any capacity, going to be involved in kids' camp. Would you stand up right now? That is great. We're uh, we're going to be praying for you when we take the offering. We'll pray for that uh, for that program this week and for all of you who are involved. Uh, that's wonderful. And then that final um, thing to make you aware of in the church life is the seniors barbecue. Okay, uh, seniors, you probably got a flyer. I got my first one ever. Uh-oh. <laughs> I, I handed it to my wife and I said, I think this is for you. <laughs> oh. I, I, I hadn't planned that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you can boo me off the stage now. Um, no, but we're hoping you're going to come to that barbecue. It just should be a great time. It's a, it, the theme is kind of vacation, and we're going to talk about you know, best and worst vacations and have just a great lunch. And we're just hoping that a lot of the, the senior population in our community will come to that and fellowship together. So that's coming up on August 3rd, and there are people out in the lobby area that are taking sign-ups. You can sign up at the welcome desk. Um, you can call the church office, but we would just love to have a few people come on down and, and enjoy that day. So, my wife might not be there now. Uh, anyway, hey, it's time to stand and greet, so get up and seek somebody out you haven't said hi to recently.
All right, Hillside. Hey, we have a very, very special treat this morning. We have Sam and Helen Livingston with us today. Yeah, and they are... They are Hillside-supported missionaries to Taiwan, and we're going to catch up a little bit with them. And their entire family is here this morning, and their two youngest girls, Grace and Lily, are helping out with Kids Camp this week. Stand up. Grace and Lily, can you guys give us a wave? All right. And, and you know, it's not just a random connection that they're doing that because the Livingstons have a history here at Hillside. We're going to hear about, a little bit about that in a moment. In fact, you're going to stop hearing from me and I'm going to ask you guys some questions. So let's do that. Um, so you do have a history here at Hillside and um, that's kind of where some of your journey with us started. Tell us a little bit about, about that for those who are newer and don't remember um, you guys. Oh, it's been so good to come back and see some of my old mops and spice friends. Woo! Um, but back in the days, um, 2006, we were ready to go to Taiwan. We packed up our stuff. You know how it is. You, you're ready to change the world for Jesus. You're young and a little dumb, but young. <laughs> And we packed up our 44 boxes, sent it to Taiwan, and we were in training. And one thing after another, you know how it is, starts to fall apart. Sam had a diagnosis of a benign nose tumor. We didn't know it was benign, but it scared us. And then at the same time, mom's cancer got worse. And then, surprise, what is this? Not bloatedness, it's a baby. So it was my third, Lily. And one thing after another, we knew we weren't going to Taiwan. And with our suitcases only and 44 boxes in Taiwan, um, I think we have a slide going on, but. Um, okay. So we have a picture to show you, but um, that's it. So back in the days with Nathan and Joy in the double stroller, someone had offered a mission house right here by 24 on Springbrook Road. I could actually walk to Hillside within like half an hour. But um, yeah, mom had cancer and those were hard days. But Hillside became a home. And I am so grateful that when my, my parents can offer care, that the nursery, people down there offered care for Nathan and Joy. And when we can find goldfish in Taiwan, it's rare. But when we do, they're like flashback, hillside nursery days, right? <laughs> That's what they get fed with down there. But um, we're just so grateful for, for the feeding of our hearts back in those days. So many of us remember you guys. So in 2009, as I understand it, then you were able to head off to Taiwan to call to the people there. Tell us a little bit about what that was like and what you do in the field in Taiwan. So I'm Taiwanese American. I was born in Taiwan, but I came to America when I was seven or so. So 30 years in America, then going back in 09, I didn't speak Mandarin. And I had to be in Mandarin class with this one. <laughs> All right. So we've eaten a lot of humble pie. But yet, at the same time, as you can see, our hearts were broken in those first few years here. Not here, but in leaving the field. 
And I think God grew a ministry, what we call now inside out. Yeah. Because Hillside, you guys, you love spiritual formation. You love prayer and worship. And those were things that I learned very young as a mom here. And so I put this iceberg analogy because you, what God was doing was he was building a foundation of intimacy with him, which feeds our soul to do things above, above iceberg, which is really some of the things that God has molded out of our brokenness, whether helping women in crisis pregnancies, people with disabilities, of families affected with disabilities. The kids go to international schools, so I serve there and volunteer there sometimes. And so this has been a special year where four kids are now grown up. Though they grew up here, you know, in the nursery, what, what happens down in the nursery with the diapers, you know? <laughs> sometimes what? what happens down there stays down there because most of the workers remember them by what happens in the diapers. But, um, but what happens down there stays down there, but yet they grow up. And this year they have all served in various aspects of um, short-term missions. I've just come back from Uganda with my younger two girls and then Joy and Nathan have been able to serve at the halfway house in Taiwan or um, in disability ministry. So if you're interested in those, you could talk to them after. And um, yeah. Yeah, and Joy, love your newsletter. That's just really, really great. Great to read about what you're doing. If you guys aren't getting those, um, I can help facilitate uh, you getting, getting that. Well, Sam, let's hear from you. So how can we support your work? You're going back, right? Yeah. And how can we support you as you go off? How is, as a church that supports your ministry to begin with, what else can we be doing? Well, first, a thank you to you and the CJM committee and really everyone at church has been really proactive. Um, sometimes, you know, we come back to America and then people start contacting us. But even before we got here, we were offered places to stay, to house sit while people are on vacation. So helpful, really. Um, we're a big family now. <laughs> it helps to have a house and it helps to have a home base while we are visiting with people. So that's been a real blessing. Thank you. Um, Hillsiders who lent their vehicles and, and just reached out to us. That means a lot. Um, we don't have a long trip in the summer. We're here on, um, until August 2nd. And so just every bit of encouragement and support, we really thank you for that. Um, we're, we're entering a new season with our kids. We have three in high school this coming year. Um, they're going to a private high school for missionary kids. And so if you want to be involved with sponsoring tuition help, that's much appreciated. Um, they've been homeschooled. They've been through public school. And now they're preparing for the next season, really, which is to come back here and to be at college in America one day. So that's a big part of it, is just their education right now. Um, I also wanna say that our, our ministry, you know, what we do, like Helen said, it really is an inside out ministry and Hillside has typified that because you have grief care support groups, you know, you have prayer and you're caring for the heart. And that's something that we really appreciate when we were here um, back in those days before, you know, we went to the field is that there was that care for the soul and for the spirits. And so, again, just thank you so much for that. And we want to keep in touch. We have a website. We'll be out in the back if you want to hear more from us. 
So we, we just thank you so much for all your care and support through the years. From, like Helen said, MOPS is mothers of preschoolers. So way back then, you know, to now we have these high schoolers and young adults. So it's been a really exciting journey. And thank you for, for being church family for us. Well, we're happy to support you. I hope, Hillsiders, that you will come up to Sam and Helen and the kids and, and introduce yourself after the service and, and give them a warm greeting. If you're moved to help uh, with the kids' education, that's, that's a blessing, too. So lots of opportunities there. Great to have you guys and great to see you again. So Thanks, Randy. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, well, kids, I hope you enjoyed um, getting to hear that about our missionaries that are halfway around the world, but it's time for you guys to head off to your program. We send you with a blessing and with a prayer. Lord, be with the kids. Teach them much. Mold them in the way that you would have them go. All right, well, it's time to give back a little bit to the Lord of what he's given us. So if the ushers would come forward, um, we'll receive this morning's offering. Um, you have other ways to give on the website and the church app and texting. So many ways to, uh, to give back a little token of what we've been given. I'm going to say a brief prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning, Lord. It just it feels celebratory, and it was great to have the, the Livingstons here amongst us, uh, friends from Hillside from, from, you know, a decade or two ago that were in our family and in our midst. And um, Lord, we just pray that you would be with them as um, they head back to Taiwan um, with their needs, their children's education needs and, and their ministry there. Lord, would you just bless them mightily, show them the, the fruit of their labor. And then we pray for the team, uh, the vast team that is uh, going to be working on kids camp this week. We just pray a blessing. We pray that the kids who will be here will, will be blessed and will be um, learning about you and drawing closer to you as they are in the formative stages of their life, God. We just ask that you would be over that entire event. And we thank you for these gifts, God. Do with them as you will. In Jesus' name, amen.
Well, good morning, everyone. I'm Dan Seitz, senior pastor here at Hillside. Just great to be with you today. This summer, we have been in a series called A Song for Summer from the longest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 119. Uh, But two weeks ago, I took us on a detour in a message called Hugo's Notebook. And that detour was part of the original plan of the series. We knew that gearing up for a new year of ministry was going to require that we take a couple of side trips. Uh, This morning, we're going to take another one, another detour. Uh, But I'll tell you, this one was not actually according to the original preaching plan. And I'll explain this way. About two weeks ago, uh, just after that First Hugo's notebook message, uh, I introduced Amazing Race 22:23, and, and afterwards, I started cranking away on uh, my message from Psalm 119. Uh, I began simmering in it. Uh, I met with a wise friend from Hillside, Mark Keller, to, to read it and to talk about it and to think it through. But as I cranked away, I sensed God's Spirit leading me to do something different today, specifically a sequel to that message, so that as a church family, we could dive deeper into what I believe, as your pastor, is critical for us to do to realize our mission for Hillside. So that's what I got for you today. I'm giving you Hugo's notebook Part two. And in case uh, you've never seen the great movie Hugo, you, you ought to see it. But it's the story of this orphan named Hugo. He lives in the train station in Paris. And he's got this notebook in his pocket. And the notebook has sketches of something that he loves and wants to build up. Well, I have a notebook of sorts in my pocket. And it's got sketches of something that I am captivated by and something that I love, something we love, this church. And that's what we're talking about this morning. So before we plunge in, let's let's pray for God's Spirit to be with us. God's Spirit has been with us. It has the room has felt joyful and celebratory, but heavy with the Spirit of God. So let's pray that God's Spirit continues to move among us. Pray with me, would you? Dear Father, Even before your son died on the cross for us and then rose and then ascended to your right hand, he promised that you would send the helper, the Holy Spirit, the third person of your eternal being to guide us into all truth. And therefore, we pray as your beloved children, as the ones you rescued from justly earned condemnation, and turned us into your friends and partners, we pray that you would speak to us through what I share this morning. And Father, if there's anything that I have in these notes that's not your message today, then I pray that you would deafen us to it. And on the other hand, all that I have written that captures your will for our family, I pray that you would amplify Thanks in advance for how you are meeting with us today. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. 
Well, again, two weeks ago in uh, Hugo's Notebook Part 1, I shared with you an area where I believe we need to grow as a church family to realize our mission as a church in this time of rebirth as a church, because that's the season we're in. We're in a series of rebirth. We're in this series, and actually, churches all over the world are in a a time of rebirth because of the disruptions of the last two and a half years and beyond. And I shared with you what I think we need to do to become, in reality, a church that is light in the world, that, that demonstrates throughout the world the reality of Jesus through our renewed personhood that people can see, through practical service that our community values and can experience, and then through gracious conversation about Jesus. That's what I think light-bearing really means. And if you were here for that special worship service two weeks ago, special because God interrupted it. (laughs) He really did. He had another plan for us two weeks ago. But you'll remember that I proposed that our first step is to build atop a foundation that we already have here at Hillside, but to build it up, and that is to strengthen our ministry culture, to unleash the incredible ministry talents and resources of this church family. And I was a little more specific than that. Specifically, to shape our ministry culture into something that is gift-based, team-based, and term-based. And each of those modifiers is really important. And I want to tell you what I mean. I want to say it again. By gift-based, I mean a ministry culture here at Hillside in which everyone starting about 14 years and up has the opportunity to serve in a ministry role that matches their gifts. To make a contribution to Hillside that they enjoy because it coheres with their created shape, the way God made them and gifted them. And this means every hillsider who can, who's physically able to do it, not all of us are, joining a race team, a ministry team, including teenagers. That's what I mean by gift-based. By team-based, I mean a ministry culture in which every hillsider serves with a conscious awareness that she or he has others serving with them on a team because it's fun and motivating to serve with others to know that we're not alone in the work that God has called us to do at Hillside, but we have a band of brothers and sisters to do battle with. And then lastly, by term-based, I mean a ministry culture in which Hillsiders serve in a role, not indefinitely, but for a set period of time, usually nine months, one whole year in children's ministry, though, because that's necessary, And that's important because term-based ministry service, a term-based ministry culture forms a deep cord with the biblical idea of Sabbath, that work is followed by rest. And in order to strengthen that culture, the staff and I came up with an initiative called Amazing Race 2223. Props to Stephen Weissong for coming up with the name. And in the future, we want to do this. We want to call each ministry year at Hillside from the end of August to the very beginning of June, Amazing Race, followed by the year. So this year's would be Amazing Race 22-23. And we invited you during this pre-race phase to consider 
a ministry role at Hillside. Many of you have been around for a long time. You have a a certain sense of, of what are the key roles, but we've actually listed them on an online ministry catalog that tells you all of the opportunities. And then we said, if, if maybe you want to do something that doesn't fit into one of these boxes, let us know. And you can do it, and we will absorb it into our list of ministries. But something that pulls out your best. And we invited you to select a role just by picking one out and then sending an email to the staff person or lay leader who runs that team. And then for those of you who just had no idea what to do, we invited you to fill out this card, an Amazing Race card. Just the one card that's involved in this project. And if you fill this out and you give it to us, you will get a personal consultation with a staff person or a ministry lay leader to help you figure out which team would be best for you. I got a card like this from Carol Collins last Sunday, and I was delighted because she is one talented hillsider. We're making good progress there, but where else do we need to grow? That's what we're going to talk about today. This is something I've talked about before, but today I'm going to talk about it in a much plainer way and with a little more fire. To realize our vision to be light in the world, which is a wonderful vision, by the way. I salute the team, Tony Friday was one of the people on that team a few years ago who came up with that vision and what it means. It's outstanding. It grows right out of Scripture. Matthew 5.14 says, you are the light of the world. But to realize uh, that vision, I believe in addition to, to building up our ministry culture, I think that we have to build up what I'm going to call our culture of spiritual companionship. And I'm going to make that even plainer. I believe every hillsider needs a transformative group. And what is a transformative group? By transformative group, I mean something very specific. It's not just any kind of group, but something very specific. A transformative group is a gang, a platoon, a pod, six, seven, eight people maybe, that meets consistently, not necessarily every week, but consistently for three activities, each absolutely central. Friendship building, bonding, meditation, a a fancy word for careful consideration of God's word. And this is key, exploration. By which I mean discerning together as a community of friends, how Jesus is leading us at that moment. Because as Christians, we are followers of Jesus, the living Lord. And so to follow Jesus, we need to discern how he is leading us. Now, why do I think this is so important? Why am I pressing on this so much? There are four reasons. First, Without a culture of deep spiritual companionship, hillsiders will not stay at Hillside. It doesn't matter what else is positive about somebody's experience at Hillside. If he or she doesn't develop deep relationships, connections that go beyond friendly small talk, he will not stay at Hillside. In order to grow up in Jesus and join our light-bearing work. 
So a culture of spiritual companionship in which everyone from sixth grade up or so has a posse of real spiritual friends is essential for our basic integrity as a church. What's the second reason? Without deep spiritual companionship, hillsiders will not receive adequate care in times of trouble. Let me tell you what I mean by this. We have an outstanding care pastor in Jane DeYoung. We do. She is a true pastor, and it is a joy to work with her every day. We have an outstanding care team with ministry superheroes like Joni Templeman, a mighty woman. Yeah. And when the bottom falls out from under us with divorce or diagnosis or the death of a family member, we need those formal, established care resources. But we need more than that. That's not enough. We need the gang. We need the platoon. We need the pod. We need the four brothers with whom we have been sharing life and talking about ourselves and contemplating Scripture and discerning how the King is leading us. We need those guys, too, to rally around us and to prop us up. Care from our closest spiritual companions is the best care. Third, without deep spiritual relationships, we will not know who to lay down our lives for. Let me tell you what I mean by that. As believers, we are called to lay down our lives for each other. We are called to costly, sacrificial, practical service to one another. Jesus says that's how the world will know us. And this means if necessary to save their lives, we are the ones who run into the classroom to tackle the man with the gun. That's what it means. But more typically, it means giving our time and our hearts and ourselves and our emotional resources to help our brothers and sisters in more mundane ways. Well, if we think it through, if we think it through at all, we quickly realize we can't do that for everyone everywhere. We can't help everyone at Hillside pack the U-Haul. We can't bring chicken soup to every sick person at Hillside. We can't stay up all night to console every heartbroken Hillsider. We can't now, and we definitely won't be able to after we grow. Each of us is finite with a need to rest, a need to establish limits. Even Jesus set limits, but here's what we can do. We can go to the wall for the people in our groups. That's manageable. And they're the ones we can help load the moving truck on the hot July afternoon. They're the ones whose kids we take for the whole weekend so they can go away for their 10th anniversary weekend trip. They're the ones we invite into the spare bedroom when they are shattered over a personal collapse or relational rupture. You see, by building up our culture of spiritual companionship, we also build up our culture of care. And in fact, we really just get it to its baseline. 
Fourth, without deep spiritual relationships, hillsiders will not make progress, or at least very much. We are called as Bible-believing Christians who are living into the particular story of Scripture, not generic spirituality. We are called to make progress in the Christian life. In his first letter to Timothy, Paul says to him, practice these things, immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. And we wouldn't want it any other way. The call to make progress in Christ-likeness is money. This is what we want. The benefits are incalculable for us and everyone else we live with and everyone else who follows us. And this idea can be obscured sometimes, often in pulpits. But that is so weird and so unfortunate because this is part of what makes the good news so good that we're called to progress in our lives with Jesus, to become more like him over time. But in case you wonder whether joyful progress, becoming more and more a little Jesus in the world, in case you wonder whether that is really central to Christian spirituality, listen to Paul in Ephesians 4, starting at verse 13. Listen to what he says. And if you have a Bible with you and you mark up your Bible, you might consider underlining this. Paul says God's goal is for us to become mature adults, to be fully grown, measured by the standard of the fullness of Christ. As a result, we aren't supposed to be infants any longer who can be tossed and blown around by every wind that comes from teaching with deceitful scheming and the tricks people play to deliberately mislead others. Instead, by speaking the truth with love, let's grow in every way into Christ. You know, there are a number of wonderful spiritual activities through which the Holy Spirit sculpts us into little Christs. And one of those absolutely indispensable practices is regular morning prayer. Talking to God for 10 minutes and then working up before we do anything else, and especially before we touch the phone. But if there's one spiritual discipline, rock, that has got to be placed in the jar early, it is spiritual companionship. The transformative group, as I have defined it, organized around, again, friendship, scripture, and exploration. Bonding meditation, exploration. And disciples morph most when they are nested with trusted friends, when they talk with those friends about who they really are and how they sense Jesus, the one they pledged to follow when they were baptized or confirmed, is leading them. And you see, when they, when we engage with others in that prayerful, spirit-aware, scripture-framed exploration of Jesus' specific leading of us that moment, that week, all sorts of good floods into our lives. Everything changes. Marriages are strengthened. Marriages are saved. 
Addictions are overcome. Vision is sharpened. Wisdom is gained. Disasters are averted. Opportunities are seized. Joy is restored. Potential is realized. And what's true of adults in small groups is equally true of teenagers in small groups, which is why transformative groups need to be the defining feature of Hillside Student Ministries. It is amazing what can happen when a teenager inhabits a loving, transformative group with other students who they bond with under the care of a committed shepherd who knows them and loves them and speaks the truth to them. That teenager can trend towards joy and strength and mental health when so many other teenagers, shepherded as they are by the technological industrial complex, trend in the opposite direction. Everything can change. It's amazing what happens when all of us make that investment and take the risk of letting trusted spiritual friends, people who we know and trust, behind the curtain of our lives to see who we really are and to help us plan new ways forward. We need spiritual companionship if we're going to grow into the people that Jesus died and gave us the spirit to make us. Now, let's get practical. How do we do this? What's the pathway here at Hillside? And I'm going to start with the men, just the men for a moment in the room. Very practical. What does it mean right here at Hillside right now? If you are ready for a transformative group, if you're ready to begin progressing in Jesus' likeness, I recommend that you begin with either Kairos, which meets on Monday night, or Wednesday morning men that meets Wednesday mornings. (laughs) Kairos is led by Pete Stafford and Jack LaSalle. Wednesday morning men is led by Rich Cordes and assisted by Larry Dotson, who founded the group many, many years ago. What a legacy. Thank you, Larry. And although each has a first-rate teaching element, what's really important for our purposes is that each also has a meaty small group component. And men, in looking for a transformative group, I recommend you start there. Start there. Kairos launches again on Monday night, September 12th. Wednesday morning, men meets year-round with few breaks Uh, They meet at 6.30 in Bergeson Hall. Start there. For women in the room, if you are ready for spiritual companionship, I recommend that you start with one of two ministries, Oasis or The Well. Start with one of those two ministries. Like Kairos and Wednesday Morning Men, Oasis and The Well each begin with a rich Bible component that's exceptional, but then they break out into transformative groups organized around the big three, friendship building, consideration of scripture, and discernment. What is Jesus calling me to do? How shall I follow him today, this week, this month? Oasis is led by Becky Garner, among others. It meets on Tuesday morning starting September 13th. The Well, which is led by Jane Rutledge, along with others, meets on Tuesday nights, also starting September 13th. Now, if for any reason those four transformative group habitats, they don't work for you, maybe you have softball on Monday nights, 
Maybe you work on Tuesday mornings. Maybe you want to be in a group with your husband or your wife. I recommend a standalone group that meets either in a home or on the on-church campus. Some of these groups are meeting right now. New ones are going to launch the week of September 11th. And we're going to be taking signups for those groups starting August 14th. Now, let's say you just don't know. You are intrigued by this possibility, but you don't know. You don't know which nest would be best, to quote the children's book. We want to help you land. We have a ministry team here at Hillside that will give you personalized assistance for finding a group. They are my friends, Gary and Jane Chin, Marilyn Tagliarini, and Sarah Edinger Gomez. Sarah serves as their ambassador to our young families. And this fantastic four is Hillside's official transformative groups leadership team. And their role is to create groups, sustain groups, and help every single one of us who wants one find spiritual companionship at Hillside in a group that meets their needs and temperament and schedule. And that last task of meeting with us and helping us find a group that would work for us, that makes them group concierges, too. That's what they've signed on to do for Amazing Race 22-23. Now get this. I want you to hear this. Because hillsiders with young kids often have the most difficulty finding a group that fits for them, we discovered this last year, this team, these four, are going to be reaching out to each of our young families over the next month to have a personal conversation about a group that would fit with them. I have specifically asked them to do this, and it's a big ask. Because I want every young family parent here at Hillside to be nested in a birdhouse. It's critical, especially in these years when the kids are young, when marriage is tough. The problem is a one-size-fits-all approach doesn't work for young families. So you know what we're going to do? To quote Anne Lamott in her famous book, we're taking a bird-by-bird approach. One bird by one bird. We're going to reach out to every family personally, and we're going to talk. And in those casual chats, we're going to start by highlighting Kairos and Wednesday Morning Men and Oasis in the Well. And from there, we'll showcase our, our various home groups, and we have a lot of them. And if none of those work, and they might not, we will handcraft a group or at least work towards it, for anybody who wants one. And I am so thankful that they are willing to do this custom crafting. And I want to say, counsel agrees from the heart that small groups are vital for the transformation that light-bearing requires. So this team, Gary, Jane, Marilyn, Sarah, they are our representatives And they are serving with our blessing. And we hope that you will be open to their ministry as they will be open to your ministry to them. And we also hope that some of you will make serving as a home group leader, a shepherd, the way you race in Amazing Race 22-23. And just so you know, the four of us are hosting a small group leaders celebration dinner and training night Sunday, August 28th. And we would love for you to be there. Lynette Jenkins has already signed on to make the delicious meal. She did it last year, and it was fabulous. The chicken was so good, I wept (laughs) while I ate it. 
I'm so thankful for Lynette. I'm so thankful for anybody who can cook a meal so that people can come together to pray, plan, celebrate. Claudia Young comes to mind. In a minute, I'm going to bring up those four, and we're going to pray for them. Before we do, let me close with this. To return to the movie Hugo for the moment. If you've seen it, you know that the antagonist in the story is the station inspector, Gustave Dusté. And the inspector despises ragamuffin kids, mostly orphans who hang around the station, who sneak around stealing croissants to survive. And the station master wears this clunky leg brace, which makes graceful movement very, very difficult. Well, what halfway through the story, after you as the viewer have been set up to dislike him, you learn that the station inspector has a crush on the young woman who manages the flower stall in the station. And we've seen her before. She's beautiful. She's generous. She's kind to everyone walking by. Just think Katie Weibert, okay? <laughs> anyway, she resolves, he resolves to make contact with Lisette, and he begins walking over to her. But before he reaches her, his leg brace makes this horrible screech, causing everybody to turn and look at him. And in that moment, he feels shame. The way we all do when our bodily weakness becomes visible. <laughs> and he abandons the plan to talk to her. Well, later in the story, in my favorite scene, he works up the courage to approach her again. And this time, he makes it all the way to her flower stall. And he begins this awkward conversation. And it's absolutely hilarious. He asks her if the flowers are smelly. He means fragrant, but he's so nervous. That's how it comes out. And when he bends over to smell the flowers, again, his leg brace makes this shrill squawk. And this time, though, there's no chance to retreat with any kind of dignity. He's totally exposed. And so resigned to his humiliation, he simply says, you see, I was injured in the war, and it will never heal. Good evening, mademoiselle. And he turns to go. This is his most human moment. All the walls have come down. At which point, she immediately says, I lost my brother. He turns. He says, where? She says, in Verdun. His face changes. Suddenly, where there was pain and shame, there's relief and joy. He takes a step back towards her. He's speechless. She then clips a flower and places it in his lapel. And a friendship is born and healing. And by the end of the movie, they, I'm not going to tell you. You're just going to have to see it. I love that scene. 
And I love it because for me, it's a picture of what happens when we take the risk of drawing close to our fellow Jesus followers and sharing who we are, letting them in. Over and over again, there's such a great reward for vulnerability, that personal disclosure. Well, it's breakthroughs like that, that small group spiritual companionship, the transformative group it leads to. And through transformative groups, God's spirit over and over again brings healing, brings new insight into who we really are, new starts, new grooves of Christ-likeness in the granite of our characters, leaving us more alive and more joyful and more hopeful and more equipped for the sacrificial love that is the essence of light-bearing. And that's why we offer them to you here at Hillside. And that's why we're giving you a chance to sign up for a group starting August 14th. That's why we will work to custom create a group for you for a set period of time to see how it works. Gary, one of the team members, is serving downstairs with our kids. But if Jane and Maryland and Sarah would come up, I want to pray for you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for these three friends. They're four friends, Gary, downstairs. I, I want to tell you how grateful I am that you have given me, given us ministry partners who burn to help hillsiders flourish in transformative groups like Council and I do. And I thank you for the hard work they've already put into our group's ministry. It's already borne fruit over the last many months. And Holy Spirit, I pray that as you have, you would continue to anoint them. Jane, Sarah, Marilyn, and Gary. You would anoint them for their work at Hillside. Their work to build up our culture of spiritual companionship so that we can change and so that we can be brighter bearers of your light. Help us to be open to their ministry as they will be open to our ministry to them. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Before we enter into our last time of worship this morning, um, I would be neglectful if I didn't have you notice that our drummer this morning is Natalie Napes. Back after I think three years of not being with us and so I am so happy to have her back and she's a multi-instrumentalist, super talented person. So I hope that we get to see her doing other things too. And, um, and then one, one other thing that I don't usually say um, maybe from growing up in church and hearing it too often, is that maybe perhaps this morning you're feeling a little nudge, a little nudge of the Holy Spirit. 
um, something that was said or God's been working on your heart and you really feel like today would be a day where you've reached a point of needing to make some decisions. So I would encourage you, if you feel like God is speaking to you, maybe you need to come to Christ. Maybe you've decided to become baptized. Maybe you just need prayer about some issue. You know, we have our prayer warriors, Floyd and Janet will be up here in the front and um, any of the people up here. So if that's you, then, um, you know, God doesn't always speak so you can hear him, unfortunately. And when he does, got to respond to it, you know. So let's sing together. Hallelujah.
and sing the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here something kind of fun. Thanks to Jake Brooks and the other members of our visibility team, we now have Hillside t-shirts that are going to be available Sunday, August 21st, the kickoff day of our new ministry year. They look like this. We've got our new logo on the back, and they've got a simple but powerful message on the front, Be Light. It costs 15 bucks, except if you are a hillside kid, you get one for free. Now, wearing a hillside T-shirt around town is not just a smart fashion choice, (laughs) though it is. It's an act of light bearing. It's a conversation starter. That's why we made them. They are a tool for our work as the ambassadors of the king. So I invite you to place your order. You can do so on the church app. Friends, your benediction is very, very simple this morning. As you head out into the world this week, in the power of God's spirit, may you be light. God bless you. See you soon. Thank you.